Hey guys, welcome to episode 42 of the Confident Improviser podcast. I am Willie Mayette, creator of Jazz Edge. Today we are talking about how to improvise over dominant chords. This is part two, and today we are going to cover some advanced upper structures. Be sure to keep listening uh, to the end of the podcast so you understand about the sheet music and why there is no sheet music today. All right, so uh, I want to remind everybody that uh, you can go now to my YouTube channel. You can find these podcast videos on uh, my YouTube channel. Just search for the word Jazz Edge or go to youtube.com slash Jazz Edge. And then also remember, you can get your daily dose of jazz piano at jazzpianodaily.com. I'm giving free uh, daily jazz piano lessons, so be sure to check that out. All right, so. Let me put on my iReal Pro track here, and we had this from uh, last week's episode. And let me just kind of demonstrate what we're going to be talking about today. Alright, so some cool sounds that you can make here in your improvisation in the right hand. So let's talk about what's happening and how I'm conceptualizing this. First of all, upper structure triads are three note chords, triads, that you play above or on top of your basic dominant seventh or whatever basic chord you're playing. So major seventh, minor seventh. So in other words, what I'm saying is your upper structure triads can be used on major chords, minor chords, and dominant chords, they are most definitely more ubiquitous on dominant chords than on majors and on minors, right? So on majors and minors, you don't find as many upper, upper structure triads, whereas on dominant chords, you have a whole bunch of upper structure triads that you can utilize. The one that I'm doing right now is the one built on the ninth or built on the second. So right here, I have a basic C7 chord in the left hand, root three, seven in the left hand, so C, E, B flat in the left hand, and in the right, I have a D major triad, right? So just D, F sharp, and A. And I can play that in root position, or a lot of times I'll be doing those uh, um, uh, upper structure triads in an inversion. You can see here in this example, I just played the seventh and the third, which is my guide tone in my left hand, and then I'm playing a D major triad in second inversion. So from the bottom up, the notes of the, this chord are B flat and E, played with the left hand, and then with the right hand, A, D, F sharp. If I, if I hit a C underneath there, okay? All right, but now we're not talking about chords. We now want to talk about improvisation over these chords. Okay, so now, one thing I do, I can just play my basic C7 chord while improvising. Even though it says uh, says in iReal Pro, C7 alt, I don't have to play it as an alter chord, I can just play it as a basic C7 chord. In fact, I'll just do these three note voicings, the E, the B flat, and the D. In the right hand, this is where I want to kind of take the harmony out a little bit. Now we've talked before about you know how you could use things like the mixolydian scale or just chord tones when improvising over your dominant seventh chord. Well, you can also utilize your upper structure triads, right? So I could utilize my, my D major triad here, what I was just playing, right? Remember, I was just doing that D major triad, the major triad built in a ninth. Okay, so I could just I could just play those chord tones. The problem though with playing those chord tones is that well, it sounds kind of like arpeggiated and almost like an exercise. 
right? And it doesn't give you that nice scalar kind of sound that you get with. Okay? So now let's talk about what I'm doing there, right? Now before I do that, let me just play the, the triadic arpeggiated kind of thing, just so you can kind of hear what it sounds like along with the uh, iReal Pro. So it definitely sounds interesting, but it doesn't have that nice scalar feel to it. So instead, what I did was I said to myself, okay, well, wait a second. I know that I'm playing a D major triad, right? So why don't I, instead of playing a D major triad, play a D major five finger scale? And that gives me a D major five finger scale on top of a C7 chord. Ah. So now what is that giving me here? That gives me my ninth, which is D, the third, which is E, the sharp 11, which is F sharp, my five, which is G, and then my 13th, which is A, All right? So the chord tones of the D are the D, F sharp, and A, the nine, the sharp 11, and the 13. I'm just adding in my third and my fifth of my chord, and now I get this. Now I could stay just with this, but I went one step further and I added in that B flat as well. Now, for any of you that kind of know scales, you kind of probably already know that this is what we would call a Lydian flat seven scale. So the notes of a Lydian, of a C Lydian flat seven scale are C, D, E, F sharp, G, A, B flat, C. There's your Lydian flat seven scale. I'm really kind of doing a Lydian flat seven scale. I'm just leaving that C out of it, right? Okay, so I have my D, E, F sharp, G, and A. So, why thinking about it as a five finger major scale like that, why is that easier? Why would you recommend that, Willie, rather than just simply saying, hey, play a Lydian flat seven scale? Well, there's a couple of reasons. Number one is when we just simply say, play a Lydian flat seven scale, well, now it's a scale and now we have to try and figure out like, okay, so how do we like get this scale to sound, you know, like an improvisation and not just sound like a scale? Right? How do we get it to sound like an improvisation and not just going up and down a scale? So that, that's one issue. Second thing is, a lot of times when we think scale, sometimes students immediately are like, oh, oh, it's just another scale I have to learn, forget it, I don't want to do it, it's too much to think about. So when we instead think about like, okay, I got this five finger pattern going on here. Yes, we do call it a five finger scale, but it's only five notes. Right? So here, I don't have to worry about crossing. I could just stay right in those five notes. Now check it out when I improvise just using these five notes here, all right? sound there. And what's neat is that if I kind of think, all right, let me improvise C mixolydian for a while, and then I'll move to that D five finger scale. Listen to what that sounds like. Here's mixolydian. Mixolydian. D. 
here how I move to that D. So mixolydian, D major. So you can hear how like when I move to that D major five finger scale, it gives it a kind of a different vibe, doesn't it? It kind of takes the harmony out a little bit. The other kind of neat thing that I could do is I could start to bring in some of these ideas that, that we know about. We already know about this kind of, uh, you know, kind of um, uh, Floyd Kramer country-esque kind of feel in which we can, you know, do this with our major triad. Right, so this is uh, E and A going up to the F sharp, E, D. Be sure to take a look at the video if you're listening to the podcast. Go back to the YouTube channel and take a look at the video for this. It'll be a lot easier to see. All right, but now if I do that along with this, take a listen to this. Mixolydian. All right, good. Okay, now we'll go on to the D five finger scale. Kind of that Floyd Kramer sound. Right? Now, obviously add some tension in there, but you can get some kind of cool stuff going on between the hands. Right? So, anyway, try playing around with that. So what you do is you create a five-finger major scale built on the ninth of the chord. So in other words, if I'm going to F7, then that would be a G major five-finger scale. If I was doing B flat seven, that would be a C major five-finger scale. And again, the C major triad, that's your upper structure triad, I'm just filling in with the third and the fifth there. And if I wanted to, I can also add in that flat seven, right? So if I go back to C, see how I can add in that B flat? If I add in the seventh, that now becomes Lydian flat seven, right? If I want to leave it out, then I can leave it out as well, okay? So there's a lot of cool things that you can get improv-wise by thinking about the structures differently. When you kind of move outside of the normal way of thinking of these structures, like, okay, it's just an upper structure triad, that's it, I'm just going to use it as a triad, well, no. Go back to its roots. Go back to the five-finger major scale on that upper structure triad and see how that works. You might say, well, wait a second. Can I do that anywhere else, Willie? All right, well, what about this one? This is a great upper structure triad built in the flat six. This is A-flat major. Well, what if I did an A-flat major five-finger scale here? So you see, I just moved from my A-flat five-finger scale into my D five-finger scale. A lot of cool stuff going on there. Right, I can get some really neat sounds and I can make my improvisation really start to go out and start to sound very interesting. So again, here, let me do this. Uh, I'm going to put this a little bit faster. Let's go up to 140. I'll start with Mixolydian. up to my D. Bring in A flat.
sell. I mean, you can hear those sounds are pretty darn cool, right? And all I was doing there was moving between the A flat five finger major scale to the D major five finger scale, right? So using these techniques, like I said, you could come up with some really, really neat stuff. Okay, so now the question is, hey, Willie, where's the sheet music? All right, I'm going to be completely frank and honest with you, okay? Uh, the listenership for the podcast has gone down since I'm now doing my jazz piano daily lessons. My jazz piano daily lessons, these are daily lessons on YouTube. Uh, this is where you can get daily jazz piano lessons, right? No cost. Go ahead, write to my YouTube channel or go to jazzpianodaily.com. You can sign up right there and you get a bunch of lessons absolutely free of charge, nothing that you have to pay for. Um, so I've had a lot of students who are now moving over to that Jazz Piano Daily and listening to those lessons, which means they don't listen to the podcast as much. So that means that now there is a decision to be made. If I see that this uh, listenership for the podcast keeps going down, well, then I'll keep the podcast episodes up there, but I'm just not going to be adding any new episodes. I'll put everything on my Jazz Piano Daily. So if you want to see more of the music in the podcast and you want to see this podcast stay alive, please do me a favor. It's a very simple way of doing this. Let your friends know. Be sure that you're listening to the podcast, right? Listen to it. Subscribe to it. Tell a friend about the podcast. The more people that know about the podcast and listen to it, then the more than I'll say, hey, look, yeah, people are listening and they're, they're paying attention there. So let me put up some new episodes, right? Of course, I'm one person. I only have so much time, so I have to weigh my time. And if, if one channel is not doing as well as the other one, well, then I'm going to have to say that channel is going to have to go uh, and get sunset. I don't want to do that to the podcast. I love doing these podcast episodes. So if you love them too, please do me a favor. Listen to the podcast. Subscribe to it. Be sure to tell a friend about it. And then also go to my YouTube channel on these podcasts and then write in the comments, Willie! Don't cancel the podcast. I listen to this. When I hear from you, then I know that there's somebody on the other end that's listening to this stuff. When I don't hear from students, then I just simply look at numbers. And when I see numbers on something going down, well, then it tells me that there just isn't as much interest in that. All right? So if you want to put a name and a face to that, to that number, please go back to the YouTube channel and then be sure to leave a comment on the podcast episode. All right? So that's it for me. I will see you guys later. Thank you very much for joining me in today's podcast episode. I'll see you next week.